about we are family because we are. And I love the Corey. I love the Corey family. I love our Sunday church family. And uh, um, any other time we get together, but I love the Corey. Corey's my people because we're, we're alive, right? With lots of energy. <laughs> but hey, Morgan taught last week. She did an awesome job. Didn't you guys really like what Morgan taught about last week? She said, it was my favorite thing she said. She said, um, family means everyone belongs. I know there was a lot of good takeaways, but I loved it when she said that. She said, family means everyone belongs. And if you're here tonight, um, whether you've came many times, whether you're born in this church, whether you've only been two or three times, you're family. And when you're here, we love you. Whether you're not here, we still love you, but we're glad you're here. Um, but in order for this family to grow, you, you need to invite people, right? So get your friends here. I know COVID's going on, but man, shut up, COVID. I, COVID just, is anybody just annoyed with it? Come on, just go away. Hey, I know it's a real thing. It's a real okay, whatever, but I'm ready for life to get back to normal. But, but hey, what we got right now is great. It's not a bad thing at all because there's been some really cool things happen uh, in, in just in the world and in the, in, the, in the kingdom of God. But please invite your friends and um, let's, let's fill this place up. I heard a little teaching recently for uh, youth leaders and youth pastors, and I was listening to it. And he was talking about comparison. And uh, he's... Okay, so there, you know, uh, as, a, as a youth ministry, you can look at other churches like, man, why they got so many people and, and this and this, oh, it looks so cool. But we're not to compare ourselves. Comparison is a killer. Um, we're not them. We're not supposed to be them. We are who we are, and we're called to this region, and we're called to however many people God wants to trust to us. But the first thing when they closed in prayer, it was on a Zoom call. Um, the first thing they said was, uh, he's the, the guy who was, his name is Ty. He said, um, Lord, I thank you for the youth pastors and leaders that are bivocational. That's a bunch of us in here that are bivocational and have a youth ministry of 50 or less to dream again for 300. That's us. That's us. That's us. I know there's a lot of people listening, but as soon as you said that, I said, oh, hold on. Excuse me, God. I didn't know you were going to butt in on me like that. So let's dream again. Yeah. Let's fill this place up full of people. Who cares if COVID is going on? People are hungry. They've been at home way too long, isolated, and they are hungry for family. God put us in a family. Everyone desires a family. So tonight we're talking about forgiveness, and everybody jumped and cheered and shouted because they're like, I love forgiving people. Sweet. Okay, maybe we don't know. Maybe I don't need to preach this. It's, it sounds like everybody's already walking in it. <laughs> I'm going to jump into my points right away. I have three points tonight. Ready for number one? See, you're responding. That's good. Number one, in this family, we forgive. Is that hard for anybody to hear? In this family, we forgive. You know, in this family, we love first. We protect first. We speak well of someone first, but we also forgive first. You know, we're talking about who do we want the quarry to be? Who do we want to be as Christians, as this family that we're, you know, trying to invite people in to? We want to be a family that forgives. I know we're not doing anything on the screen tonight, so I'm, I'm going to read this passage. It's kind of long, but it's a really good story. Uh, Morgan, I think, read one last week, but I, I thought the story was, I think you read one last week, and it was super good. And so it's like, I don't get bored when, when somebody reads like a good long story out of the Bible, so please don't get bored. Um, <laughs> But so I'm going to read uh, Matthew 18, 23 through 35 out of the Passion Translation. Um, so Jesus had 12 disciples, and a lot of times they'd ask him questions. Sometimes they were 
really profound. Sometimes they were just like, really? Like, did you have to ask that? But I, like uh, a lot of times when I'm reading the Bible and I hear them ask questions, I just, I hear these voices in my head. Sorry, not demons, but I hear voices in my head of how they would sound like. And I was just kind of crack up to myself. So let's start reading here. It says, uh, this is Matthew 18, 20 through 35. Later, Peter approached Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? Is that a pretty good impression? And Jesus said, Jesus answered and said, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. All right, who's good at math? All right, what is that? Okay, I knew it, but I just wanted to check. 490, and I just wanted to, you know, spell check myself on that just to be sure. <laughs> he said, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. So Peter was trying to kind of ask a question because he probably was kind of ticked at one of the other disciples, like, hey, God, he's already, like, uh, he's already got at me, like, 10 times already. Like, how many times do I have to, you know, because he was trying to, like, say, I don't, have, I don't have to forgive you anymore. But Jesus, of course, busted him out, like, actually, I, I can see right around your question. Basically, the 490, it's basically unlimited forgiveness. He just threw that number out there to make it big. Let's keep reading. It says, the lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. I'm going to read this story. This is good. I like this. There once was a king who had servants who borrowed money from the, the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them. As he began the process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion dollars. Kind of a lot of money, but I guess when you're in a king, sorry, I missed the joke. Um, I guess when you're a, you're a king, one billion is probably, yeah, take a little loan, a little, little bit of jump change. So uh, one billion dollars. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, pay me what you owe me. When a servant was unable to repay uh, his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owned as payment towards his debt. The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. Upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave his entire debt. That's a billion dollars, y'all. I don't even I don't even know if I can write that out on paper. A billion dollars? Yeah, I can. But you know what I'm saying. That's not like, hey, man, where's my 20 bucks? <laughs> hey, where's my $5 Taco Bell money that you said you would pay me back? Where's my $100 at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A billion dollars. So he said, just give me more time and I'll pay you all the dough. Uh, so he uh, forgave him of his debt. Let me see where this at. Uh, no sooner. All right, come on. Come on, guy. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants. So the king had a servant and then this guy had a servant. And this servant owed him $20,000. So yeah, a little bit less, let's say. He seized him by the throat and began to choke him saying, you better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I will pay you all that is owed. Sounds just like the other guy. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed of him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until the, uh, he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owe me. Why didn't you, this is the question, why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed to you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured. Yeah, kind of intense until all of his debt so i don't understand that so like you torture somebody until all their debt is what are they supposed to do 
like they're, they're, they're hung up. They're probably being tickled with feathers in the armpits. And how are you supposed to repay debt back? I'm sure someone was trying to bail him out. Little bail bonds company. So uh, he tortured him until he was uh, able to repay all of his debt. It says, in this same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believer. Well, God bless you. How about that? So I was just talking to Morgan a bit ago. You know, this whole Christianity thing, our relationship with God, way we love grace, mercy, love, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, we love those things. But God is a just God. Just means if someone did you wrong, God's going to turn around for your good. He's going to make it up to you. You might not see it tomorrow. You might not see it in 10 years. But God will make it up to you if you didn't do anything wrong. But God's telling us, hey, you don't forgive. I don't forgive. Like, yeah, but God forgives everything no matter what. Like every single time, right? Grace, mercy, love. Well, yes, but according to this scriptures, if you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you. So what I'm kind of putting together is it's kind of important to be sure we forgive each other. Right? He's a just God, which I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we have a God who is just. Not just like, yeah, it's fine. Just let them do what they want. But when it comes to unforgiveness, here's what we think. We think unforgiveness is like, oh, I'm going to show them. Oh, they're going to feel it. I'm going to withhold that. But actually, unforgiveness hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. Listen, if, Tegan, if you did something to me and you were wrong for it, I might have some feelings and emotions like, oh, I'm, I'm upset. I'm hurt. But it's you, actually, that pays for that. You don't believe me? Well, I'm glad you said so. Let me, let me tell you why. It's, it's been said, and this is not Bible, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Huh, how's that work? Like, oh, oh, they can't believe they did this to me. I'm going to withhold this from you, and it's going to hurt you. That's like me drinking poison, saying, all right, here, I have water. Cheers, anybody? Cheers, water. Tell them that's going to hurt you so bad. I just took that in myself. I kept that unforgiveness to myself. It's terrible. I don't understand the thinking. Check this quote out from, if you don't know, Kenneth E. Hagin. He's an awesome man of God. He says, your faith will not work for you if you have an air of unforgiveness about you. Just, just even a little bit. That, to me, when I, when I was kind of thinking about this and I read that quote, I really had to examine myself. Okay, okay. Uh, is there anyone that I have not forgiven or that I'm withholding forgiveness from? But I dealt with myself. Let's just say. Check this out. Mark 11, 25 to 26 out of the Passion. It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of all your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Wowzers. I haven't read that in a while. Oh, you guys thought just because we, I get up here sometimes, I must know the Bible. No, I haven't read that in a while. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't want my faith life to be cut off, not by God's choosing, but by my choosing. I don't want to be cut off from my faith not working because I'm ticked at somebody. Oh, because I think they did me wrong because they said something bad about me. Big deal, right? We need to forgive if we want to be forgiven. I didn't say it. God God did. So you can, don't be mad at him, but if, don't be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> you know, living in unforgiveness, it hurts you and it causes your faith 
uh, not to work. And unforgiveness, I was just thinking about this, it's never, ever, ever worth the cost of, of your faith working for you, right? I mean, my goodness. So think of the times that, okay, so this is a little bit of a selfish reason why I don't like to hold on to unforgiveness. It doesn't feel good. Everybody's like, well, that shouldn't be your number one reason. It's not. I forgive first because Jesus forgave me of all the silly stuff I was involved in. But when I've withheld forgiveness from people before, I feel it. Uh, I lose sleep. I might have knots in my stomach. Um, I might not feel like eating. Uh, when I see that person, I got to, oh, okay, God put on this real hard person. Now I'm like, no big deal, <laughs> whatever. I would rather just forgive and not have to feel like that. That's not my number one reason. You know what I'm saying? But it could be number two. Uh, so I just don't like feeling that way. So let's say this together. So, you know, we're talking about these things and we want to instill these in all of us. So let's, let's have a confession together. Say, in this family, I forgive everyone of everything, every time. Do you mean it? <laughs> Good. Let's check this out. Point number two. In this family... We forgive quickly. In this family, we forgive quickly. Forgiveness. Now, I'm, I have the personality type where I kind of let things just roll off my back like, you know, water off a duck's back. That can be good. That can be bad. It depends. It's, I'm glad God made people with all personality types. We need people that are the strong, like, no, it's this way and it has to be this way. And then we need people who are a little more relaxed and we need the people in the middle. That's good. But I'm, you know, I'm just, I have other things that are, I have faults, let's just say, but I'm pretty quick to forgive. That's not something that's been real hard for me because I realize all the stuff that I've done in my life. And even after I've been saved, oh yeah, wow. After you've been saved, you still mess up? Yep. God has forgiven me of all those things. And, he, and it's not like, hey, Amzie, uh, you know that thing you did? I'll talk to you about it in about two weeks. And I'm going to let you suffer thinking about it. We'll talk later. No. <laughs> you just go to God and ask for forgiveness. He says, I love you. I forgive you. Let's pick up where you left off and let's keep going. Forgiveness is quick. It's not a long, drawn-out process. It's swift. Check this out. John 6, 37 out of the Passion Translation. And I really hope you guys are taking notes tonight. Um, the more electronically advanced we get, let's never get too far away from actually writing things down and going back over and looking at them. If you have a, a, a device you're using tonight, type these into a, a note or, or, or however you do it. I, I like to, if I don't have my paper Bible with me, I like to keep my phone and just type in notes and I look back at that stuff and categorize it and all that kind of stuff. So John 637, Passion Translation. But everyone my Father has given to me, they will come. And all who come to me, I will embrace and I will never turn them away. Does that sound like, hey, work your way to me? Be good enough to get to me? Does that sound like, hey, I know you screwed up, but I'm gonna let you suffer for about a month and then you can come talk? No. He says, I will embrace them and I'll never turn them away. That's, that's, that's right away, that's instantly. So on that verse, I wanna tell you a story I was thinking about. I don't like to name names. Don't worry, it's nobody in this church, nobody in my family. I title this story, The Story of Two Brothers. So. For my job as a painter, I go to a certain store just about every day to pick up supplies. And there's these two brothers. They're much older than me. They have, it's like the Hatfield and McCoys kind of a thing. You heard of that? It's just basically two families that really hated each other, probably from Kentucky. Um, so 
just kidding. Well, actually, they are, I think. Um, I actually knew a Hatfield. I was in the Army. He was a direct descendant of the Hatfield. So, anyway, nobody cares. Um, story of two brothers. So I go in this paint store, and there's these two fellas. Well, hold on. Actually, they're never in the store together, ever. I mean, if that happened, it would the, the it'd be like a nuclear bomb went off in the building. So, first of all, I go in, and I'm just some new guy, and I start hearing this, this, this complaining over in the corner. I'm like, what is that? Closer I get, he's complaining about this guy who's kind of, okay, okay, so it's his brother. So I, both these guys, I, I say quotation, they're, they're Christians, and uh, they hate each other. They hate each other so much over something that I still don't know what happened, and I don't care to know because it's stupid. One will actually sit in the parking lot in his truck if the other was in the store. And he's like, I ain't going in until he's done. Now, don't go out trying to listen for that voice somewhere because you might find him. I'm not trying to name names. But sometimes the one who makes it there first will sit there even longer and just chat and get a second cup of coffee. So his brother out in the parking lot has to sit there and wait longer because they're that mad. Now, one of them, they both own their own business. One of them's more successful than the other, but one of them's actually a preacher, part-time preacher, and he actually has forgiven and has actually said some nice things, but there's that one that just, we're talking about forgiving quickly. This is something that's been going on, the story of two brothers. It's been going on for a number of years. So mad that he said, I'm going to quit buying stuff from here if you keep selling to my brother. I mean, come on, like, petty. Sorry, I just had to say it. Um. But, and here's the thing, I've heard people say, and I'm kind of getting away from that story now, I've heard people say, oh, I forgive them, but why is that every time maybe you walk up into a group, that person's talking about that person? Why is it every time you bring up that name of that person, they just, all of a sudden, they get their feathers all ruffled, right? I've been there. I've been that guy. I had somebody I dealt with forgiveness um, for, a, for a while, for about three years, and every time that person's name got brought up, I'd get really mad. And then one night, Dr. Jacobs and uh, his sons were here, and they had a, uh, a prayer to forgive certain people. And I actually went up and just gave that to God. Now, sometimes when you walk out unforgiveness for a long time, it takes a little bit to walk out in forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? So I was walking for three years. I was mad at this person. This person told me, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. Well, I held on to that because we know that our words are, are cutting. Our words are powerful. Words hold weight. It's not just something flippant. You say, it's like, eh, no big deal. No, words are important to each other. So, you know, guys, be kind. So uh, it took me, I, I was over here so long dealing with that in unforgiveness that when I decided to forgive, I made that decision, but then it took me a little while, I would say a few months, to walk that forgiveness out. So next time someone said, hey, how's so-and-so? I didn't say, you know what, and get all upset about it. To the point to where now I have compassion on that person. I love that person. When someone mentions that person, I say, man, I really hope that person's doing okay. I don't have any contact with them, but you know, it's, it's changed for me. So, so when you've walked in something for so long, it might take some time to walk out of that. God can do instant things. God can deliver you instantly. I've been delivered things instantly before, but there's other things. Because I put myself, my choices, for so long on one certain thing, I had to take a little while. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Oh, I'm so ticked. I forgive, I forgive. It took me a little while to walk it out. Does that make sense? Have you ever been there before? You know what I'm saying? 
I have another really good story. This is about someone in the room right now. Hey, Bruce, would you raise your hand real quick? <laughs> Everybody knows Bruce Cook? This is one time. Okay, so we're talking about forgiving quickly, right? In this family, we forgive quickly. So, you know, I'll just do a little disclaimer. Me and Pap, we love each other. This is Pap, Bruce. We love each other. We're really good friends. I don't think about that thing he did to me too much anymore. No. So one time, right before worship, this is, so it wasn't funny when it happened. I was ticked when it happened. Now it's hilarious. So we were just right back here in these double doors. We're about to come out for Corey worship. Oh, we're getting so spiritual. About to come out here and we're praying and we're about to come out here and just lift our hands to Jesus and say, everybody just let's love and peace and joy. And we're in a circle and all right, guys, and here, here's Bruce. He's all right, guys, well, we're about to go out. Um, doing this song and this song and this song. Oh, wait, guys, don't forget we have a practice coming up in a few weeks. And so, and I raised my head up. Uh, uh, hey, actually, I can't make it to that. And he just freezes and kind of looks at me and he says, <laughs> right in front of like 10 people, he says, well, it sounds like you need to learn to sense what is vital. <laughs> this man, Bruce, come on now. And I froze, I said, uh, all right. Pastor Jordan was right there with us. This is before he was Pastor Jordan. He was youth Pastor Jordan. I think he was playing guitar with us that night. And I was just like, ah, okay. I think he just patted me on the back. And we walked out here for worship. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, seriously, I was supposed to go lead these songs and pretend I'm happy to be in God's presence. I don't even want to be here. So we forgive quickly. So the story gets good. So it wasn't fun when it happened, but it's hilarious now. So, hey, you know, hey, service ends. And I'm walking out to my car. And I'm like, next time I see him, I'm going to smack him so hard his head's going to turn. But I decided not to do that. He walked up to me and he said, hey, <laughs> MZ. <laughs> hey, what I said back there, now hold on. He was, he was partially right. I was coming up with a lot of excuses to miss things. But he, you know, it could have been a little bit you know, nicer in his delivery. Um, but he said, hey, what I said in there I was wrong for. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I was kind of tense. And I, All right, man. Yeah, I forgive you. And it was over and it was done. In this family, we forgive quickly. I love him, and we've joked about that a lot <laughs> since then. And I was preparing for this. I'm like, ooh, I should probably text him to be sure that's okay to uh, share that. And then I didn't, and then I got here, and I, was, I saw him, and I was like, I got it. Hey, do you care if I do this? So thanks for letting me uh, tell on us for a minute. Here's the thing. Okay, so these, these next points I want to make that don't have anything to do with that story. I'm just, I don't want to say that because you're like, hey. But here's the thing. Sometimes, though, with forgiveness, we forgive quickly. Forgiveness doesn't mean I forgive you and now you have full access back into my life. You need to use wisdom when you're forgiving people. Wisdom would never say don't forgive them. Wisdom would say forgive every time. But sometimes people who uh, do something to you that or say something to you that shouldn't have, they sometimes can be repeat offenders. Every single one of us in here is a repeat offender. But on this topic, Forgiveness doesn't mean you have full access back in my life to just come back and everything will be cool for a couple months, then you can do it again. You need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit on who you stay connected to and who you let yourself get separated from. I've done that in my life, even close friends of mine. Uh, just, hey, um, hey, this relationship wasn't meant to work out. Uh, I love you. Every time I see you, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to love you. It's not going to be any hard feelings. It's just um, you're a good person. I am too, but together we're not. Simple enough. And um, no offense, hey, we're all in the family of God. We'll probably be neighbors across the field in heaven, but um, you don't have full access in my life. Does that make sense? That's not being closed off to anybody, but 
I believe the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on who to um, let back in your life. And, uh, but, but forgiveness is still quick. So say this again with me. In this family, I forgive everyone of everything, every time. Yeah, but you don't know what that person did. No, in this family, I forgive everyone of everything every time. But you don't know how it still makes me feel. In this family, I forgive everyone of everything every time. I could keep going, and it would still, you would still be wrong. So uh, <laughs> it's true. Every time. Is God that way? If you're questioning at all, he is 100% that way. He doesn't want us to say, hey, oh, hey, God, my, my little, uh, my, my free pass forgive me. I'll see you next week when I sin again and do that same thing. He doesn't want you to live like that, but he will always forgive you and love you and comfort you and show you mercy. Third point, third and last point, and I'll be finished here. In this family, we show the true character of God. I mentioned earlier, oh, okay, in this family, we show the true character of God in case you didn't get that. God is a God of justice a God of goodness, a God of holiness, and, and many other things. I'd say those are kind of the main things, but the thing that really, I mean, when I think of God, he's a God of forgiveness. I would, God and forgiveness are one. You can't separate the two, right? Uh, I have kids, they, and, and most of you probably played with one of these toys when you were little. Probably the middle school boys just quit yesterday, but um, so, just kidding, I love you guys. You guys could kill me because you guys play football now, so. Who's seen those little circular, either wooden balls or plastic, and they have, they're hollow in the middle with the shapes all around them, right? And you got all the little um, shapes that you fit in. You've seen those? And they drop in the middle, then you twist open, shake them out. My kid likes to just dump them, dump them, dump them. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to clean these up again, and we're missing the triangle this time. Um, and the square. So, Justin, you know everything I'm talking about. God and forgiveness are one. So let's just say God's like that sphere, that ball that you're putting the shapes into and the shapes are forgiveness you take the triangle shape of forgiveness and put it right in the triangular shaped hole you put the oval shaped hole in the oval you put the square does that make sense everybody know their shapes i think we're good enough now in shapes but then there's some people who think they can have all the goodness of god and just a little bit of unforgiveness or a lot of unforgiveness but god and unforgiveness are are complete opposites they don't go together so then, like, like my kids, when they're learning, they'll take the square and try to put it into the circle. Well, that doesn't work. And they'll try to take the triangle and put it in the square, the circle into the oval, and it doesn't work. Unforgiveness and God do not go together. They do not go hand in hand. A lot of people try to make that work, and it doesn't work. And when you do that, you cut yourself off from your faith working if, hey, hey, God, I'm believing you to, to heal my body. God, I'm believing for more finances. God, I'm believing to be bold in my school, but yet I'm so unforgiving over here. God just says, I can't do anything for you because you cut yourself off. I, I'm standing here with my hands wide open for you to take whatever you want. But as soon as you are, are in unforgiveness, I can't help you. Yes, God is full of grace, mercy, and love, but we can cut ourselves off if we're walking in unforgiveness. And I think the world needs to see more of God's character, desperately needs to see more of God's character. You know, forgiveness is attractive. Right now, forgiveness is so attractive. Young people, if you're looking for a mate, 
<laughs> Just be in forgiveness and you'll, no, I'm kidding. Forgiveness is attractive and the world needs to see it. And that starts with us. Let's not wait on them. No offense, we love them. But it, it needs to start here. It needs to start in your heart and then we take it out there with us. So say this with me. In this family, I forgive everyone of everything every time. And here's my challenge to you. I'm going to close with this. So while I've been talking for the past 29 minutes and rambling and then going down four rabbit trails just like I just did with that comment, um, I know some of us have thought about people that we have either done something wrong to them or they've apologized to, a, to us and we've withheld forgiveness or we said we forgive them but we, yet, we still have an attitude. Remember I talked about equal access? You can forgive somebody and say, hey, I'm going to keep my distance, but then still love them and treat them normal without saying, I forgive you, but every time you see them, they're real standoff and say, ah, I'm good. Does that make sense? So the people that you've been thinking of while I've been talking tonight, my challenge to you is, I don't even care if you whip out your phone right now and text them, or if they're in this room, maybe wait so you don't uh, read your mail to everybody. But when you go home tonight, whether that's someone in your home, your mom or dad, maybe it's someone here in the youth ministry, hopefully not. Uh, whether it's someone at school, whether it's your boss that you love so much because he or she just is wonderful. <laughs> no matter who the person is, I challenge you tonight to text them, to call them, FaceTime them, whatever you all do, and make it right with them. It's not worth our faith life not working. It's not worth it. No matter how bad you think they did, whatever they did to you, it's not worth it. You know, I mentioned, you know, it took, it took me a long time to um, forgive that person in my life. And, you know, and when they said, I don't want to see you, I don't want to hear from you, I don't want to talk to you. And that bugged me for a long time. So I spent so much time being upset and mad and unforgiving towards them that I, it did take me a little while. And that's okay if it takes you a little bit, but it, you need to make the decision now. Be quick with it. And I think that's all I have for tonight. I think that's everything. Um, forgiveness is, it's, uh, all of us have been shown so much grace and mercy and forgiveness for all the dumb stuff. And we've done some dingers, haven't we? <laughs> I've done some stupid stuff, big stuff, small stuff. No, God doesn't have a sin scale like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's a pretty big one. No, it's all bad and it's all wrong and it's all opposite of how we're supposed to be living. But, um, God has shown us so much grace and mercy and said, I know you failed again and again and again times 10, but I'm going to still take you on back. I'm still going to welcome you back. That needs to be how we are to everyone that's around us, especially as the church, especially with a hurting world right now, to be uh, sympathetic and compassionate towards people and to listen to people and, and, uh, uh, and just pray with people and ask for forgiveness and not withhold anything. There's so much division that as the church, that's the last thing we want to be doing right now. The very last thing is to try to put a divider between us. So by doing all those things we talked about, we show the true character of God to everybody that we come into contact with. And I could keep going, but I, I, I think I want to go ahead and close. So, hey, let's stand up on our feet. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for this time that we get to be in your presence. We don't uh, take it lightly, Lord. We love to get to come here as a, a group of young people that are all chasing after you. 
our priority, our main thing in life. Lord, I thank you for peace ruling and reigning in every single one of our lives. Lord, I thank you that fear has to bow when we say the name of Jesus. Fear has to bow in the name of Jesus. It has no place that it can stand when we say the name of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you. Come on, let's just say the name of Jesus right now.